at this moment um you, you know in, in like uh, army movies and stuff like that they always talk about you you have to listen if the bullet whistles do, do you know what i'm talking about like so when it's coming down if it's coming at you or from you okay so oh, do, do, you, there is there's a peculiar sound that the you Doppler hear effect, there's like. yeah there's there's a whiz and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is all bullshit. But then we did an army exercise where it's called like overshooting. <laughs> so you, um, there's like two levels. Um, there's a couple of guys that stand above you and they shoot over your head. Okay. Um, and that fucking, that is fucking crazy because you, you hear the pop and then you hear the th- and you know, okay, this is going away. And when it comes the other way, it just freaks with your brain because you ha- you hear the whiz first and then the bang. Wow. Um, yeah. This is how Neo did it. But that's Matrix. interesting because, I mean, like, yeah, but I thought, would have thought bullets, speed of sound, etc. But uh, not quite. No, they're slightly below that. There's like at 900 kilometers an hour from a standard wow, rifle. Wow, okay. So you could, the, these movies, these like kung fu movies where they dodge bullets is actually, or they catch a bullet with their hand is... Yeah, yeah, no, Harry, these are documentaries. (laughs) 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 Why was it so loud? (laughs) We always like to blow out everyone's eardrums with the music. We're a professional podcast. You're going to get fucking cancelled because of that. (laughs) DJ Khaled owns the rights for DJ Khaled. He has nothing else going for him. Exactly. <laughs> right, let's fade that the fuck down. That's taking too long. What up, everybody? Welcome to the XYZ podcast Ooh. with my best radio voice and my buddies, Dean Ira. Hi. Christian Breaker. G'day. And happy Easter, everyone. It's, g'day, g'day. It's Easter. <laughs> yeah, wait. No, uh, no, we no Harry came with way too much energy. He only deserves <laughs> one g'day. Harry <laughs> likes to set the energy levels based on what he's feeling. Yeah, yeah. Last um, time yeah. it was like, I don't feel so great. I'm going to bring it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today he's like, it? what's up, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I got my dick sucked. Is that what it is? Oh. Well, that happens to be factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> But so, oh man, you're so predictable, dude. It's it's insane. I mean, once in my life, basically. Oh sure, like, fair yeah. enough. And but it's Easter. It's Easter. Where the sun is out. Everyone is like a, a an Easter bunny hopping around. I saw cleavage. It was amazing. Mm, nice. Was it? Was it? Did it have a rabbit? Do you want it? details, Harry? Was it a rabbit? <laughs> between, a little chocolate. Tell me about the boobies. A little chocolate <laughs> egg between those boobies. Why like, would there be a chocolate egg? I, I don't know. You just tossed she it. She caught in me there. staring though. Oh, did you? She wasn't wearing a bra. I mean, Do you know, like, if ooh. she caught you staring and then you'd thrown in an egg, that would have been like, and just be like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little coin slide. You got to own it. Do That's... it get hard when I put a coin in there? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Easter, everyone. Yes, the time where we nail the dude to a cross is upon us. Oh, okay. So <laughs> my, my girlfriend grew up uh, Buddhist. And uh, t- today um, she asked me what the fuck Easter is all about. The woman is 40 years old, by the way. It's like, it's taken her 40 years to figure it out. Yeah. And it's like, how long was she with a pastor's son? <laughs> well, this is out. talking about Easter. No. <laughs> was he fucking making I mean, there's that song like about... Son it? of a preacher man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Son of a preacher man. Nothing about that song is true. Have um, you played it to her? Just to... 
there is a Swiss German version of that song. Oh my god, actually quite <laughs> nice. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, she, so she asked you. This so she thing. asked me. She asked me about Jesus and uh, what what this whole Easter thing is all about, and I got the dates wrong. So. What? So yeah. So okay. So Easter is all about like he got nailed onto the fucking wooden plank, and then he resurrected, right? And I got the dates wrong. I was like, oh, you know, that happened probably on Monday when he got back up. But uh, it, apparently, it's a Sunday, so okay. I'm, I'm definitely not a good priest anymore. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a muscle. You gotta you gotta keep that muscle working. Basically, sounds just, like a porn tape. The whole thing. <laughs> It does, Nailed to it? a plank, resurrected, erected, let's go. The conversation started about um, the name name issues of some of his uh, crew. You know, he was like always traveling with like 12 guys. Um, and never got a blowjob. Well, Plus. he did because there was a chick called Mary Magdalene and she was a whore. So, a hoe. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sex worker. And, <laughs> sex worker. Uh, and um, she it's Bible times. No one cares. <laughs> the, the real question is: Was Jesus also a sex worker? <laughs> so I mean, maybe. Like. So the big, the big question was right. So Mary Magdalene has. Uh, did you guys watch the Passion of the Christ? With, the Mel Gibson oh, the movie. Mel, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like a bloody dude walking up a hill for half the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Mary Magdalene is uh, played by Monica Bellucci. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so have, do you know who that is? I, it rings a bell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. She's yeah. The that, you yeah, might yeah. have rang a bell yeah, yeah. occasionally yeah. about that one. I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> Bellucci? She's the titties in Matrix 2. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there's one pair that is very prominent. They just stand out. Exactly. <laughs> so to say. So yeah, she's she's in uh, yeah I'm just going on tangent. Because I saw talk. Dean's face going like which tits is he talking about? <laughs> Dean, we got it. Dean needs okay, whatever. Christian, <laughs> I'll Google carry it later. On, Don't carry worry. on, Christian. Sorry. Okay, so uh, Mary Magdalene was a, a sex worker and she was part of Jesus's crew, but because it's also Bible time, so they never counted the women, so no mo- no one really knows how many women were hanging out with these dudes. So um, they, they reduced it all to one it's symbolic just, woman. Um, yeah, and th- there was like a, a friend and stuff, but it's never really explained of how many people really were there. No one talked about the orgies that happened there. Well, exactly, or the dick sucking. Because they and were like, we, we have like, we're a religion, a cult. Her story starts really great because it basically says that um, she put oil on his feet and then uh, uh, brushed it off with, with her hair. Oh, she anointed him. In a way, yeah. And people got really annoyed because she did this in public. So I kind of like the, the story, it, it just, it starts nice, but there is no follow through. Like she's already there. It's like, you know, I think people would still get annoyed if anyone was getting their feet oiled in public. Like if you got to eat a platz in Zurich and just someone oils <laughs> someone your feet, <laughs> someone's going to get randomly. Someone's going to get annoyed. If it's Monica Bellucci, I'm getting annoyed. Uh, <laughs> Why is it not me? <laughs> I want. Yeah. Okay. Now I she, Google her. I, oh yeah. I'm yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she's she's got something going on. There. So uh, we go through the whole story. Um. Um. Telling her it's like, all right. So this thing happened, and then he he got nailed on the cross and stuff, and then he died. And <laughs> to the best question ever asked. I'm going through the whole motions, right? So um, the trial and how it's kind of like a fake trial, and and Judas basically betraying him and stuff. And uh, she goes. Wait, but he's God, right? 
So he knew. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That, even that's, in the yeah. story, even it in, says like in the night before he knows. He knows the night die. before. He tells his dudes, right? It's like this is where where he do the he does the meal thing with the bread and the, exactly. the wine. The last like, supper. Delete yeah, my the last supper. Delete my porn collection. <laughs> <laughs> How did that work back then? Like, did yeah. you have to burn it? Like some stone yeah, tablets, your, pa- yeah. your papyrus <laughs> you <smash> rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, get a painter in and paint us. <laughs> They were all painted by Greeks. Like, you know, how the, the Greeks had it really yeah. nicely done with all that. There's one, like, celebrity porn painter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like the cartoonist of the time. With the Greeks, they're always going to make it gay, basically. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be a bit of cock and ass. But, but there was also kind of like an alternative scene out of Egypt. It was a bit more abstract. Oh, <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> like, <were> more <laughs> with a bit of a, like... A so Greek was full gonzo. Uh, <laughs> Egyptian had Egyptian like was, eagle, there was a story like <laughs> eagle heads yeah. and shit like that. God has love for all men. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so, so in, 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 <laughs> I mean yep. the whole thing is suspect. Uh, you know, my this is my my this wine is the blood of Christ. This bread is the body of Christ. This cucumber is the dick of christ <laughs> why are you whole. sucking on a baguette buddy <laughs> it's the body of christ i mean imagine you show up for a meal and the dude's only got wine and bread you'd be you'd yeah be like, bring some dick cheese like exactly exactly it's yeah. cheese it's the dick cheese of, all right anyway so all right um we go through the whole we go through the whole motions i think we've alienated the religious listeners <laughs> oh by now, fuck fully. yeah um and, and shall follow us up with this next question it goes like okay so he knew but he also didn't do it do what? like he got killed by other people yeah so what is the point <laughs> it's like you have asked the best question about religion what is the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, welcome <laughs> to the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's that whole shut up, eat some chocolate. <laughs> that whole died for our sins business, like like that if, did not that did not work at all. So be, it, this this was my follow up. It's exactly that. It's like oh yeah, you know um, they didn't have to kill animals anymore for their sins. And it's like so it's basically a free pass. Yeah, you that's can why do pedophilia is justified. Ever the fuck you want, and then just going, I'm so sorry. The Vatican doesn't feel guilty for shit. <laughs> no, never did. He died on the cross. Um, I'll nail your son so to it. So <laughs> she figured out oh. the, the problems of religion within five minutes, um, which took me 27 years. So I guess it's uh, it's a good track record on that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. I had a look. I mean, I had a funny thing with Issa. So, I mean, I went to... So my family back in England, there's my mom, my grandmother, uncle, whatever. There was a whole guy. And we, w- there was no talk of religion at home. It was like nothing. And, and so I, I, was, I was skeptical from the day they sent me to the Abbey School in, um, in my hometown, Rumsey, where I grew up. Rumsey! And the Abbey School was... Wait, are, did you grow up in like a movie about English stereotypes? You grew uh, up in Rumsey? Romsey. It's Romsey. Romsey. But if you live there, you call it Rumsey, but it's spelt with an O. Sure. Anyway, whatever. Go it on. is a place. It's it's near Southampton and Winchester. All right. And they have an abbey. They have an ancient, like, 1,000-plus-year-old abbey. And I went to the abbey school, which is right next to the abbey. And it, it, so it was technically a, a, a Church of England school, although my family were Quakers. 
So I was already like half tapped out. But then one time, like, you know, they'd made a big deal out of Christmas. And then someone said they made a big deal out of Easter. And then eight-year-old me was like, wait a second. Like, so Jesus is born at Christmas. And then four months later, they crucify him and he's a fully grown man. Like, this is fucked. And I and and it took me a whole year because I was too ashamed to ask anyone this. I knew that there was something. There's a flaw there. There's a flaw in the logic, but it just created a level of skepticism about the whole concept, which uh, never left me, and it was probably a good thing. Good on you, Harry. Where, where, well, where did yeah, well done, Harry. <laughs> uh, Dean. I, I googled Ramsey. R- oh, interesting. R O M S E Y. Boring as hell. <laughs> Hasn't that been? It, it is, it is boring pub. as hell. Like, oh, oh, I see Postman Pat over here. <laughs> oh, it is very Postman Patty. I mean, the, me and my my buddies were like, our only mission was escaping, basically, from the age of like 13, basically. That was, we were just all about dreams outside. I just figured it out. So this is why England colonized the world, because everyone just wanted to fucking leave. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yes, because it's like it must like, be prettier women somewhere else. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's basically like food's it's ho- pretty shit. <laughs> it's Hobbit country, basically. Like, yeah, and and you know, it may be like nice and cute to live in Hobbit, the Shire, Hampshire is where Rumsey is, and but actually, in reality, it's boring as fuck, and it, it, you know, the cuteness of it wears thin very quickly. But uh, so this is when you went on a boat. Uh, you put on your brokes, and you I <laughs> almost went on a boat to so India. <laughs> I almost took a. They got snakes fucking there. All right, all right. Let's bring some glass pearls. <laughs> a um, quick, a quick aside from that time. So I think when I was like fifteen, I started doing these like part-time laboring jobs to earn pocket money, and it was all kinds of weird shit. Like Chimney sweep. No, no, it was like loading, loading <laughs> trucks and Portobello stuff road. like that. <laughs> yeah. And it was like putting cardboard boxes in trucks. Or one time we have to uh, we have to work on. I think the Queen Mary is one of these cruise ships. Well, the Queen came into Southampton, and, and that we, was a famous one. Yeah, yeah. And we had to strip out just carpets and shit. It was like dumb manual work. And then, the, and I got on. It's like all these dudes that are like, like like rough and ready guys and i'm like 15 and come from a a nice middle class family but i but i loved it and i got on well with these dudes and they like me and then they were like dude right when this you know they're gonna refit the ship in a moment and put a bunch of stuff on and then it's going over to hamburg to have some engineering work done on it and if you want, oh, you of course you wouldn't do that in England. It's a, <laughs> yeah, send it to the Germans so the yeah. fucker works. <laughs> and apparently, it was a two-week trip to Hamburg for some fucking reason. Like I don't know why that ship took so long to get to Hamburg, but it did. And uh, and while on there, you you work like crazy, and you don't. And they were like, and because there's no bars, you don't spend your money, so you end up in Hamburg with two weeks of pay, and then you have the Reeperbahn. Oh, I am down for this shit. (laughs) And then, and then I go back home and I'm like, mom, (laughs) (laughs) as a 15 year old. Exactly. That's amazing. uh, And that's where my dreams died. I could have, I thought you came back after the rapper point. You're like, mom, why is my pee burning? She she stamped, she crushed that dream within, (laughs) within three minutes. It's like, yeah, can I, 
go on this uh, boat trip. Uh, boat, to yeah, yeah. Call it a boat trip. <laughs> exactly, <actually>. like a <laughs> Queen a Mary, a yachting, a little yeah. yachting ex- excursion no. <laughs> with Her Majesty's own. Exactly, oh, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so that was the end of. I mean, it's it's one of those things. If you think, if I'd actually done that, I probably would have. That's like an alternate reality. That if I'd gone that way, I might never have stopped just being on the road. <laughs> You Ooh, might have joined, joined the circus. circus. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. There is, I mean, there's a whole scene for people that work on ships where you just travel around the world. We, there's, there's actually, there's one, there's one girl that shows up to comedy sometimes. She's, I think she's Swiss, but she, she works on, or she was working on cruise ships. And, and I, you know, I've seen her pictures on Instagram and it's always like different places all the time. It's just like a lifestyle. You don't earn much, but you travel the world and you're with these people that are in the same kind of vibe from all around the world. There's a lot of rooting happening on those boats. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like fucking and traveling. All right. Doesn't sound too bad. (laughs) Um, Cool story, Harry. <laughs> have we have we extracted the funny of out of Easter yet? Or uh, well, it, it, it's a, it's a tough one because it is a life and death kind of situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've run out already. <laughs> Actually, didn't, were, were, did you ever have any Easter things in in South Africa? I mean, yeah, like uh, capitalism sells you Easter eggs during Christmas time. Cadbury, hey, oh, yeah, fuck. Cadbury. Oh. And actually, I like I love a cream egg. I must say, yeah, dude, you don't get the cream eggs. No, in you don't. Cadbury's doesn't exist here. No, Cadbury's is good. So uh, for me, a, a world opened when I first saw the Easter collection that you get in the UK. Yeah, chocolate with Fucking sugar in hell. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. proper sugar. And that is why Englishmen have half a clue about oral sex. <laughs> Cadbury's cream eggs, because because you know you got to get your tongue in there. You know. Oh. Fuck you learn it at a young age. Like this is why Swiss women aren't satisfied ever. You, you just, <laughs> exactly. That's why they go for strength. All Harry is divorced. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have enough cream eggs, Harry. <laughs> Oral sex will will only hold the marriage together. I thought so. it was. <laughs> I thought it was eating oysters. But hey, there you go. <laughs> That's the most privileged it's thing you've Capri's ever said. It's Capri's cream eggs, ladies. <laughs> I thought orals like having a muscle. <laughs> but actually, do you know what fucking you know what annoys me about Switzerland is is how oh here we go Migros and Co-op they like they've had fucking Easter eggs in the aisles for like two months already. It's just and every time it gets harder to go shopping because there's like a new mountain of fucking chocolate rabbits and eggs. Do you, do That's you a very original, Harry. Are you working on a bit here, or no? I'm just going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just saying how much it. How I got you. No, you know what that sounded like? That sounded exactly like going. Say, oh my God, the Christmas decorations are already out, and it's only November. What's like, the deal with these? It's, it's exactly that. Kind are you of, saying this is hacky? Yes. It's fucking annoying, people. Like, that should be stopped. I want the S-File paid to make rules about that. <laughs> the <laughs> chocolate's brown. Get it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dean. <laughs> we only... Exactly. We, the first month S-file should be yeah. white chocolate. Jesus <laughs> white Christ. chocolate out. White chocolate eggs and Make rabbit. fun of religion, but don't judge the brown people. <laughs> I do think that our um, <laughs> can th- you imagine doing that to your kids you say yeah you only buy white chocolate rabbits <laughs> that <laughs> is <laughs> fucked up 
You're depriving your children from a cultural experience. No, because they're they teaching them racism. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're teaching oh, them. Oh, that's what it just is. Checking, just checking. We know. <laughs> we're, we're teaching them to kill the white boys. That's mm. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take their, their heads off. off. Um, <sighs> so, but the chocolate in Switzerland, like when I grew up, we, we get these little um, Easter bunnies and stuff like that. But then experiencing, uh, as you said, the full blown fucking sugar rush that yeah, you get real, from a Cadbury cream, <laughs> cream egg. I'm like, oh. That shit, uh-huh. that's better than crack cocaine. This is just... <laughs> fucking right. It's insane. It's fucking insane. Yeah. So maybe it's better that we don't sell that to Swiss people. They would actually mm-hmm. realize that yeah. flavor is great. The, the, like variety here is like it's dark chocolate, caramel chocolate, like, you know, milk chocolate or white chocolate. You can go crazy and have a little bit of nougat. In it. Maybe a little bit of nuts. Yes. Yeah. That's all variety. Get some nuts. Cadbury's is fucking, they got it's arrow fun. and flake and different oh, styles. Fucking arrow. Like, yeah, all different the flavors. Te- like That is an experience. Good texture. Yeah, good bubbles in it. <laughs> Shit's good. That was real variety. And it has a ton of sugar, so you We're love not it. racist. They have one style of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> although although I, I did find a box this morning in the kitchen. of, of It just said kiss with three S's. With the you know the plastic with the four holders and because for the you know the shocky kiss, but now they just oh. call it kiss. Yeah. What? I the, mean, the, we've the, talked the, about oh, this the dessert before. that used to have a racist name. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Morenkopf. Morenkopf or the N-word kiss. N-word kisses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really like the more I think about it, I just had a new flashback. I mean, the thing is like a tip of a dick. It's like how more ridiculous. You know what? Like the, the size of the average black man's penis. Exactly. <laughs> it's just and a giant. Like it's quite representative. The girl. Yeah. And the we're girl training. Is, uh, you know, it's it on. full of white. It's gorgeous. On. It tastes amazing. <laughs> we're, we're training little children. Suck that cream out. <laughs> we were. Yeah, we don't have little white heads. You know? But we reward children. Like if you do this thing, then you get one of these. Like that's a, a highlight for a little child. Get a big black dick. It's a, it is a fucking bizarre. thing thing that's going on there yeah i'm glad they changed the name they changed the name right yeah they did um the french translation was pretty full-on um back in the day it was um dead to n-word oh wow uh, uh, yeah 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 it was there used to be a restaurant in needed of course more of yes right? it was a salad bar uh, yeah they yeah the dessert was all those yeah. those things i don't know it's they went out of business <laughs> Now it's I, a fish shop. I don't know what we call it now, like cancel cop or something. I don't know. Ooh, interesting. What? What? You just want to cancel racism? Well, no, it's quite yeah. boring racism I mean, isn't now. That I the think. whole concept of canceling. <laughs> I find it quite fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, 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 I love you a stereotype. You guys got uncomfortable. <laughs> I love a stereotype. I must say, like that there is there is something to be said about that, but. It's uh, but that's not racism, is it? <laughs> I'm not racist, but you just yes, did that. Exactly <laughs> that. It's funny how every there's certain there's certain like setups that people have. Like X but is one of them. The other one that have you have you ever noticed on the news is when anyone says these people. Oh, and that immediately yeah. tells you that they don't know who the fuck they're talking about, and They've they got, are most likely a different skin color. Maybe yeah, or 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 it's or like class. Yeah. That is a, that is a, it's a big classist phrasing as well. Exactly. It's, it's um it's nearly like dog whistling. But it but it but if you look mm. into what it is it's like the the what's behind that is I have an opinion about some people that I have done no research on and now I have a judgment. 
at others people and then includes you in that conversation so i'm talking to you these people yeah yeah so we're having a talk we're, about we are cool them. but these people over yeah. there they are yeah. fucked yeah but it's all look like at how many babies they make like <laughs> but, <laughs> that sort of stuff but always when someone says that what comes next is something that you you know immediately this has no factual basis it's purely opinion based yep it's yeah it's an interesting kind of like they're establishing a narrative of their own to manipulate people just like jesus at easter hey Boom. You nailed <laughs> it. nice well Full done circle i'm glad he died quick, um. quick pause for another bottle of wine sure okay so some of you may remember that a while back we had that little discussion about sprungli and you know the uh, older ladies and the younger men and how to put your your spoon in your coffee cup you remember this thing guys by by saying we had the conversation you're basically describing your horny fantasy yeah now he wants to put his spoon in some you know, <laughs> retired coffee cups. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, you know, it's like it's like a, maybe an a, a, an urban legend that you know you've, if you could you've, go there. This has been at the back of your mind for fucking it, years now. Well, we one of our one of our listeners and a comedy buddy was it touched him deeply. This story. <laughs> <laughs> and they he, always do. He we've had a lot of interaction on WhatsApp discussing this topic and he has some hot new information. Uh, so I'm ready to call him right now. This guy's younger than you. So we're calling right now. Look, inside is an old creepy man. In <laughs> oh my God. Let's see if he picks up. Adrian, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Good day, good day. Good day, good Sorry day. Good day. Your, your, you see, your catchphrase. You see that? <laughs> I like it when we get listeners that know what they're talking about. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Adrian, Adrian, as I understand it, you have not much time right now. You uh, have a, an important appointment at 8 p.m. Exactly. A date, a date even. So Are we you got, going on a day to date? So, Adrian, <laughs> you've got some hot information for us. Uh, as I understand, so we've set the scene on the Sprungli situation. Uh, our regular listeners will remember this. What can you tell us about your Sprungli research? When I heard of this, I was very intrigued. So I started, you know, asking around uh, with friends if they heard about this. And most of them didn't. One of them did, but said it's just an urban legend. So I kind of got discouraged. I thought, ah, it's not, not real. And then I was mentioning the story again to, to a coworker of mine. And he was like, oh, yeah, he studied with a guy that basically financed his uh, holidays during the studies by, by uh, dating older women at Springley. Wait, 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 wait. So your buddy's buddy was a sex worker. <laughs> This is not how we sell the story. <laughs> yeah, that, but, I mean, but yeah, that's true. That's basically that's true. Yeah. No, I mean, but it's more. You have to see it like uh, more of an escort gig. Guys, like guys, he we, doesn't have to fuck, but I mean, if he wants to go to Tenerife, he knows what he has to do. You know. But guys, we're getting this all wrong. When when women pay for it, it is not sex work. That is just generous benefactor. 
It's like yeah. someone generosity. What? It's like kindness <laughs> and love. Sure. And, it's, yeah. Let's exactly. go, we can go more misogynist. So who's really yeah, yeah, paying? Yeah. Who's really paying for the sex here? It's the husband. <laughs> true. True. It, well, exactly. He's he's paying that yeah, his wife good. doesn't okay. make. Is the story true? How much do you believe? Well, the thing is, the the guy that told me the story is a little bit of a talker. So I'm not one hundred percent. Where's the prof? Where's that prof? You need a picture of an old that, lady. That that person studied with you, right? You said that he was one of your study. Yeah, he. I'm I'm uh, I'm working with him now, and uh, he was like at the end of his bachelor's, I think, when I started uh, uni. Right, and uh, you are saying he's a talker. He's a bit of a talker. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm like. It could be that he's like, like pushing the story a little bit to be more than it really was. I think we have to put this to rest. I think this is what we need to do. Adrian, we, the XYZ crew, will pay you money. When Sprungly opens up again, we will pay you money to go and sit there with a spoon in your milk, whatever you got to do, and see what happens. And we're going to sit there and watch. We're going to see what happens. I think we need real fucking validation I want, I want, I want camera work. Yeah, we need to prove if it's an herbal legend or not. Agreed? You down? You're, you're telling me I'm going to get paid twice for sex. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Maybe yeah. you'll get a holiday in Mexico. Who knows? We'll cover your basic expenses. Like we'll buy expenses. the milk for you. We'll, we'll, get you. we'll get you one condom and a cup of coffee. No, That's... two condoms. You need to double wrap with that shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's not well, like... Apparently, apparently the, the women weren't that old. It's like between 40 and 50. Okay. Now I'm no, interested. Oh, wait, wait. Okay. That's my target market. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we can all go there at some point. Yeah, we got to we got to put this to bed and try it out for ourselves. Maybe we should all just go and compete like all on a different <laughs> table. <laughs> no, Harry, gets picked Harry, up first. We, we should not do that because we will have to cancel the podcast because it will become so depressed <laughs> not picking up you alone. <laughs> well, well, there goes Dean again. <laughs> All right, we've. I think we've made this story. I think we've horrible. run this dry, just like the vaginas of the woman you'll probably sleep with. Oh. Hey, oh. well done, oh. Jesus Christ. He's on fire. A weird mood today. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's hope that none of the women that we want to meet are actually listening to this podcast. They'll now hate Dean. <laughs> And they can hate me all they want. So many listeners. All right, Adrian. Well, you guys, you have a funny, like, I'm a bit, I'm slightly pissed off because you sold your story as better, but now it's like a friend of a friend and one of them is a shitty talker. So I, I told you we should uh, talk about it before we talk about it on the podcast. Well, we didn't have time. <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't actually want to talk to you beforehand. Right. So, See you later, so. Adrian. <laughs> so just giving you a hard time all right well good luck on your date tonight and uh yeah thank you hopefully see, see you again soon see you soon we're back so i i wanted to bring a topic today should i bring the topic Go. guys all right the topic for today is what is love baby don't hurt me <laughs> can we just Dude, once this and is for why all. we're not a successful podcast. All right, because right. <laughs> no, the question is, is is love? What is it? And the reason why I'm bringing this is, is I mean, I've had this like brewing for a while. It's chemicals. Moving on. But also, but also, <laughs> end of episode. But also, I like both of my kids are in that stage where they're having like their first relationships, and 
They got the puppy love going. Yeah, and they come with that. And and for me, it's fascinating to see it at the age of 47 because they are so pumped full of hormones and lacking experience. They don't. They have no frame of reference to, to understand what's happening to them. So they got Disney. Yeah, like like my daughter's. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good influence. <laughs> That's a fucking ruined my goddamn life. <laughs> well, you just like what is that thing about the clownfish? <laughs> <laughs> just just yeah. just fuck a turtle. Or like Lion King, thing. have like six different you know female lions around you. <laughs> but <laughs> and and you know like my daughter is talking about about this okay fuzz the details a bit there is a kid that she sees very often in a context which a kid a boy who's cool. the same age as her <laughs> Hope and <yeah>. there's clearly <laughs> something it's weird harry <laughs> there, there's clearly something it's already dangerous territory there's clearly something on going on between them but like they both have some like that that kind of attraction that you have as a teenager but they're too awkward to actually talk to each other. But they do like communicate on Snapchat, like kids do nowadays. Like I don't think any dick pics, thankfully. But but still, like so, so yeah. It's like this weird thing. It's like what is it? And and she's asking me like, is this you know, is this love or what? Is it, what the fuck is going on here? So what do you tell her? Um. I try not to fuck her up too much with my <laughs> full... That's, I think that <laughs> should be late. the paradigm for any parent. Yeah, yeah. Try not to fuck up your kids too <laughs> yeah. much. It's a really... Keep them alive. Don't it, fuck them up too much. It's just her, for, uh, pheromones getting into your brain, making your nipples hard. Stop it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like, it's purely chemistry. No, I mean, that, that's the thing that you you struggle with as a parent is like, how much, how much do you tell your kids uh, that they can handle... But and allows them to grow, but also be kind of realistic and sensible. Mm. Tell them to date the shittiest person ever, because then they kind of get through the motion and look for someone better. <laughs> that's that's a strategy. It's not bad. Yeah. Or you yeah. cheated on me, or you hardened the fuck up after a while. I mean, actually, yeah. Okay, I'm not <laughs> going to. Do, do all you the girls I've dated in the past? You're welcome. <laughs> do, do you remember uh, when you fell in love for the first time, Dean? Um. Yeah. Slow motion. You know. What's it? Tumbleweeds across S- the floor. slow motion titty bounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember it exactly. Actually, I do kind of think thinking about about it. I remember seeing a girl and she was like just gorgeous, and I was kind of like spitting for a bit. But um, yeah, it's just a uh, dopamine spiking. I look, I'm I'm very jaded, guys. You're asking the wrong guy. Well, the thing, yeah, but on the jaded front. Like so, that's what I want to get into. So, at the age of forty-seven, having, having, like, if I look at my life, apart from the, apart from the kids, and the kids are great, and I'm, and I'm grateful for them. <laughs> it's a great preface. He keeps having to remind himself. Jesus Christ, yeah, the kids are great. Them. They're alive. I don't know, really, really, and it didn't fuck them up too much. They're amazing. <laughs> but it, but if I look at the impact of the two most significant relationships I've had in my life, it was pure destruction for my finances my social life my my own interests a whole bunch of stuff was just destroyed and had to be restarted uh and so you know like looking back at some level i just think if i if i'd known what this whole thing was in the beginning then i would have handled this completely differently i wouldn't have like like fools rush in as they say like like so 
Oh yeah. And and I mean the the epiphany I have now is is that is that basically like love is like there are there are things in this notion of love, but and that's kind of the interesting thing is that love was actually is an invented concept in the era of romanticism. It was actually some French poets that came up with love. Those of course the French, French. <laughs> of course the French did it. What do you what do you consider um, what you have with your children though? Now, exactly. The the if I was pure hate. <laughs> if I was to look back, apart from the pure hate, yeah. But actually, that's a weird mixed thing. Is that the the only thing I would say in my life that I would say is is the closest thing to anything that like the love we describe is with my kids because like if you know when they're young they get into situations like with crossing a road where like you have you're wired. You will throw away your own life to save your child, mm-hmm. and unless unless unless, <laughs> unless you, you got twelve of them. Interestingly, <laughs> interestingly enough, that's not necessarily reciprocal. Yeah, or you have a yeah. meth a meth problem. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean fun, <laughs> fundamentally, yeah, exactly. But fundamentally, it's it's like, I mean, uh, Louis C.K. has a beautiful bit. It's like when your child is born, you look at it and you go. Oh my God! This is my flesh and my blood. I would do anything for this creature. And then you look at your partner and you're like, "Who the fuck are you?" And and there, I mean, there's definitely a thing that, especially if you if you meet someone in your late twenties, early thirties, and then say, "Oh, it's so amazing!" And then you know, like within two three years, you're married with with kids. And then you discover like that you don't know anything about that person. You get exposed to all the darker sides of their personality that they didn't even know they had themselves and you're ready to kill each other. But you have two small children and you gotta like and they have to keep a truce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And just but, to keep the offspring alive. Yeah, but let's go broader with this. Like the idea of love these days, especially with capitalism involved. People and society have sold you this idea that you can fulfill yourself with somebody else. Oh, yeah. Like that Netflix show. There is quite a market about that. Yeah, there's a new Netflix show called The One, Mm -hmm. where they kind of, you know, no spoilers, go watch it, whatever. I've watched it. It's it's fantastic. They genetically match you with someone in the world that you're like genetically programmed to fall in love with. It was a guaranteed success rate, right? Um, But what is that idea that we have to find someone, a soulmate in our lives to kind of fulfill us? Is it? And I got a I got a thing there because we've talked before about how diamonds were invented by marketing people. Exactly, it's marketing. Okay, and we've also talked about madmen. So here's a beautiful quote from the series Mad Men, uh, and this is Don Draper talking. The re- the reason why you haven't felt it is because it doesn't exist, says Don Draper. <laughs> what you call love was invented by guys like me to sell nylons. Listen to the big shot creative directory director who has too many marketing lessons to give us a character from Mad. Okay, whatever. Fuck Andre, but man. yeah, but but the thing is, is if you actually open yourself to what he just said, that love is a construction, and it's a mix of things. There's a many things going to it. There's like that we've lost religion. We needed something to believe in. Disney. What fills the void? Exactly, and then you have a, like a biological process that we, you know, like a as teenagers with springtime we all want to fuck each other 
and a whole bunch of other stuff. This all comes together or, or like 100 years ago, marriage made sense because you would look out for each other. It was an economical factor in marriage for a very long time. Yeah. And now um, marriage is kind of like an after... Well, it's not an afterthought, but there, there is no real economical impact anymore and for most people everyone has a career going right so exactly. less taxes exactly <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah we made unless you're gay <laughs> we made the terrible mistake of, of letting women into the economy and then oh yeah, yeah that was a horrible that was horrible. a huge disaster yeah. Yeah. That i do not agree with her <laughs> <laughs> but okay so th this is fascinating to me because um it it, it holds true though because the idea of love um is also somewhat not only used in terms of like selling stuff but it's also usually driven by some form of sexuality so um th the way that dawn describes it in that particular quote it, it's clear where this is going right so it's the objectification of the concept of love as well it yeah. becomes it, con it becomes a consumable yes and nothing sells better than sex dude Exactly, but you you're not supposed to do that because sex is kind of dirty. So you wrap that in what is love. So you it, with within the concept of love, you can sell sex easier because it's something that people are supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, you wrap it up in a nice biological bow. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, uh, or that that fucking bond all the way around. That that fucking bond that just ruins people's lives. So it's you mm, I'm, I'm not sure where i'm going with this but there, there is there is this point where um being very very sexual in a way but putting it in a in a wrapper that makes it agreeable with most audiences yeah but coming from like an advertising background you're right christian like human emotion is the only thing that gets people activated to do anything you know, whether if they're angry or happy or laughing or, you know, any kind of emotional reaction drives sales and drives human wars and human, you know, in general. Oh, good point, yeah. So it's easy to kind of just tap into one of these things, put your little brand on it, and off you go. You know, that's the whole psychology of human beings. Absolutely. No, Dean, I have three free thoughts and I'm a logical thinker. Advertising doesn't affect me. Oh, titties. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, have you ever bought lingerie for a girlfriend, Dean? Um, surprisingly not. You haven't? No. I bought sex toys. Because there, the, the marketing strategy in, in lingerie to me is fascinating. Why is that? Because it's exactly that. It, it's, it's that to a T. It's hugely softcore pornographic but it puts it in a in this whole relationship kind of context. Do you remember? Um, oh, spice uh, up your marriage. yes, spice up your marriage kind of thing. Yeah. Do, um, Will Smith had this movie, um, Enemy Number One or uh, Enemy of the State. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember this one? So um, I don't remember the lingerie scene, but I remember him running a lot. This is where this all started, really. It was um, in the late nineties, I think, early two thousand, late nineties. Um, Will Smith buys a Christmas present for his wife and he goes to fake Victoria's Secret. So he goes to the store and the lady says, and rem remember, this is the 90s, so people didn't have porn avail available at all times. <laughs> so um, there, he's in what? the shop, he's in the shop and uh, the lady walks up to him and he's like, oh, you're looking for something for your wife. And he, uh, obviously she asked that. And um, he goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she goes, okay, what size is your wife? 
And he he becomes like super flustered and goes like, what what do you mean? And then she points to her own tits and goes like, like this? <laughs> and he goes, no, she's way bigger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, that, that's the line. But this is, this is also, this was the first time um, in, in, in my memory where that whole thing, like a lingerie store was kind of like put front and center oh, of yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. argument. Whole so it was great product placement. Fucking yeah, yeah. awesome product yeah. placement. And a quick aside there, CEO of Victoria's Secret, Jeffrey Epstein, you've heard that link? No. Wait, what? The CEO, he's some creepy old dude with like- The guy who's still alive now. He's still alive. Do you know what the history is real quick? Oh, you know this story? No, I know a little bit further back where somebody bought out Victoria's Secret, right? The guy that bought it out is the creepy motherfucker who's been yeah, on Epstein. But the guy he bought it from, quick story there, because the whole idea around Victoria's Secret is that their tar- sales target is men buying lingerie for women. Yeah. So you can go in, you know, somebody will help you because you have no fucking clue what your wife's or mistress's real size is. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the concept was great. They bought out the guy who started it something for like $4 million, right? I think uh, two years later it was worth something like billions or whatever. He jumped off a bridge off of San Francisco or Golden Gate or something. For real? Yeah, the guy who started it killed himself. Uh, at, least, at least he, in quotes, jumped off a bridge. I want to know if he was wearing like a G-string. <laughs> oh, that would be so <laughs> funny. Hey, that's a hell of a way to go. Yeah. Jesus, uh, yeah, we're getting, getting dark. Do you want to go dark for a second? When do we not go dark? There's, there's a documentary about uh, San Francisco bridge jumpers. Jesus Christ. Like, And they have footage. There's this one particular guy who looks like the undertaker who jumps off the bridge. And it's one of the most... I'm getting upset and I'm going to cry if I keep talking about it. Because it's really... Yeah, anyway. Let's get the fuck off San Francisco bridge. You did this. <laughs> You yeah. did this. Hey, we're just here. We're just here. Harry. We're following your lead on anyway, this. Anyway, Jeffrey Epstein, somebody. Okay. It's just, okay, the documentary there, just to wrap it up, it's a documentary <laughs> about, and you just want to go and hug all those people. Bef- like, it's like, you need a hug. That would sort your shit. Hug someone, people, although it's springtime and you feel good about it. You got yourself. any money in your wallet before you jump? <laughs> so, is, is, is uh, uh, hugging someone love? What do you think? What what, remind, what is this? What is this? Remind emotion? people of the basic humanity. We're all part of one thing, and whatever bad shit happens. But you wouldn't call that love, right? So you, you're basically saying no. Love, love is this construct. What 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 is it though? What would you call that emotion where you're invested for pure altruistic reasons? Um, and and okay, you, you said before your children. That is a great question. This is going somewhere I hadn't even thought about, but you've made me think something. I think the root is narcissism. This is why Harry loves his kids because they look like him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. God they don't. Actually, they don't look like <laughs> me. Yeah, true. <laughs> like they both have hair yeah. for a start. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, um, and quick aside, like, like my fucking daughter April pranked me on being pregnant, and she totally got me. Jesus Christ! That that was funny. I, I read this. Instagram. You you posted this on ah, Instagram. That was fucking funny. And I, I totally loved your reaction though. Kudos, kudos on your reaction. <laughs> You're a very, very cool dad. I, Harry's reaction, um, <laughs> and quote unquote, let's talk about this when you get home. Exactly. Yeah, don't panic. Yeah, yeah don't panic. Himself, yeah, <laughs> but we've we mentioned that before, and and you asked, his, are you cool in a crisis? That was proof that I am. Because you, I, you nailed it, you she, can see blood, man. Like she, this is she triggered that level in me of like, oh fuck. Okay, I shut down all my feelings, 
and I think pure logic about how do we handle this, like, and I leave all the emotion for <laughs> googling like, abortion for like <laughs> for like two months later when I just break down and cry and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, okay. Here's the interesting thing: is that I mean, they've talked about this with ecstasy, like ecstasy when ex or MDMA, Molly, um, that you feel amazingly connected to people, and and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so one time, uh, I've mentioned before, I went to India, I spent some time in an ashram. There was one day, like, there was one time I was there for three weeks. And after a time when you're at this place, like, shit starts to happen. Uh, especially when you're in this kind of main kind of temple building. And one time I came out of there and I had something that you could only the only thing I could write to was what people talk about with ecstasy. I look, there's, there's a bunch of these dudes that, that are like helping people get in and out of the temple. I looked into the eyes of this guy and yeah, I'm going to get emotional again now. Cause it was just like, bam. Once Harry gets laid, he, all, <laughs> all yeah, of his emotions come out. No, someone broke a seal here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the yeah. thing is, Harry comes out with all these emotions that were so we're deeply talking buried. About, we're talking about love, guys. Yeah, like, go on. Like, soften You up. just said that it's <laughs> fake before. Go on. Okay, so you saw these guy, this guy's eyes and you thought, like, I want to suck his dick? No, no I didn't. And there was no sex involved. It was just like this... Like, and it's stuff that I've read about and heard about is, you know, this idea that we're not all in, like, individuality is actually bullshit. We're all connected. We're all one thing. And it was a brief glimpse of that, like, like, just, and it was a split second. I just looked into his eyes and he, and we, we were both there and it was just like, and there was nothing more than that. It was like this brief a second and then I had to keep walking and I just went out and just burst into tears. It was like, and it and it was really like, fuck, holy shit. And then quickly my logic kicked in, and I took a, and then I was fine again. <laughs> and then we're then we're, I guess yeah then we're doing a podcast. About I've, I've realized like yeah you're right, hello Harry. Like you know when I think uh, Russell Brand said that during Kundalini meditation he reaches a level which gives him a high that's only equivalent to heroin, but it's more of like the connected high you know so yeah. we have access to this divinity and love within us which realize which you recognize is we don't have an individuality nothing is real and our emotions are separate from us as people and there is like some kind of greater connection right yeah yeah but i mean define love in that context because it's too big the but problem that, is you come right back to reality after that but that that notion of love is probably the essence of why we've turned love into a religion because that is there but but it's it's not something that you'll have while doing Netflix and chill. So one one thing that strikes me in this um in this conversation it, it, through my own experience that there I feel like we are being missold an idea of love that is this whole partnership thing. Yeah. So we the, the Disney paradigm, right? So you find Mr. Right you stay together for the rest of your lives and, and uh, everything is like cool beans. That's not, that's not love. And it's something that I'm, 
I have been discussing this with my partner quite a bunch because we, we were both in long-term relationships before we were both married before. And marriage, by the way, is built on this whole thing. Um, have you ever been to... Um, if you, Well, Harry, you, you, you have prepared a wedding before, right? Yeah, yeah. I've so been, you, you have to go them, to these I've stores where you have to buy a wedding dress or yeah. you have to you go to the restaurant and you plan for the God. meal. I'm getting yeah. I'm getting cold sweat. It's PTSD <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> Fuck Never me dead. Do you notice that the this is a sweetness that can only be described as sickening. When, when you're you're there, there there's this whole everything is super heavy and loaded and all these expectations are like put onto this day because apparently that one day is the only time where you can really mm -hmm. show your love. It's the only happy day of marriage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because when you spend $30,000 on a stupid yeah, yeah. fucking piece of clothing that you will never wear ever again. <laughs> so it's, it's fucking dumb, but there is a whole market and a whole industry around that basically making this, this is the manifestation of love this is as good as it gets. And then you crank out some babies and then you can project your love onto them. Uh, so and then I, I you become say, Aaron, you hate them. Yeah. <laughs> if you are, if you're a man, specifically a man in under 35, there's a train of logic on this, but if you're under 35 <clears throat> and you get married, that ceremony, you're basically a sacrificial lamb because women are wow. anyway, so far more matured. There's actually scientific, proof of this is that men only hit full maturity of 43 so when and here's the key thing what do you call the guy at a wedding the woman is called the bride the groom exactly the and he, dumbass he's, <laughs> exactly Sucker. he's called the groom because he was fucking groomed to get there that's fine mm. yeah, it's a conspiracy it, it fucking is Harry's it, so angry no seriously because because if any man is honest about that situation he's got some idealistic notion of like yeah she's so special but if he felt what his gut has been telling him for months before, he married the wrong woman. Dude. No, it's not. It is not Christian. Shay, you get. I, I know. I know exactly what Harry is talking about. Exactly. You go to that shit where you got you're you're the credit card and she's trying on dresses. You're not even allowed to see. It's when it, the discussion about compromise starts. So in in, in a relationship, there there is you know. Uh, a moment where a compromise becomes important. I think that uh, most people that are in a relationship would agree on this one. Unless you're a fucking narcissist and can't, and, and then you should probably leave that person. So um, you, you have compromises, but wedding compromises are different because there are none. Um, my, my best buddy, um, he's uh, half Serbian and he wants to have his wedding in Serbia for good reason. One of them is these people know how to fucking party. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So and, fucking, um, they eat a lot of meat as well. Exactly. So you you get a lot of booze, you get a lot of party, and you get a lot of meat. And th there's <laughs> that's that's what you want, right? It was cheaper. And um, his partner is German, a South German, to be uh, truthful here. A former occupier. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, uh, her, her opinion about um, the wedding is a little bit more traditional, so to say. Um, and they they're, they have been uh, engaged for over two years because there is no way to ever compromise on this one. Don't do it, dude. <laughs> Get the <laughs> fuck out of that no, situation. No, they they're, both, they're both right in a way that they have a, a, a view of what their wedding should be, but also realizing 
that it is their own view and they will never reconcile. But I mean, I mean, to me, the thing about this is, is okay. Let's get back to the sex part of this for a second. So I rem- no, not to <laughs> not, Dean s- not immediately that sucks <laughs> in there. <gasps> yeah, of course, everyone's no. Wait, hold up, hold up. Real quick on the wedding thing. Like, uh, I don't think I'll ever get married. I don't think I want to. You know, I don't. I don't believe government should be, should be involved in any kind of decision in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's just ever. smart. I fully yeah. agree on this one because yeah, like I as growing up, I don't think I've ever seen a successful marriage. Like, I don't know where it's from, but I only know maybe one, like, old school friend of mine whose parents are still married. I told what, what, is a, what is a successful marriage, though? Because the, this, this, to me, this word is fascinating. What is a successful marriage? How do, the how idea do you describe that once that? you get married, that's it. You've married to that person forever. But it's, I've it's seen... kids' uh, house car. I've seen couples staying together without marriage forever. That's more realistic. And isn't that fair? Like the possibility to, to reassess your decision, yeah. but but more and more those people are the outliers. Like there are, there are, and I I believe that those people exist because they're they're naturally uh, people that are a willing to make sacrifice and b have generosity in dealing with others. And most of us nowadays, we're a bunch of fucking narcissistic assholes with short attention spans. So we don't want to invest all that effort in a relationship. Plus, you got to have the right job. If you if you travel or your job is super stressful, you can forget getting married. Like because you just don't have the. But time. it's not just about marriage, though. It's about relationship in that scenario because marriage is just basically putting on boundaries around a relationship that you already okay. have. So so nowadays, now all the social pressure is off marriage. Anyone can get divorced. Best case for, I would guess, 80% plus of relationships. Best case, 10 years. After yeah, and that's cool, though. That's cool, but then plan for 10 years. Because like by at the end of 10 years, you've heard all their stories. You've done every sex act you ever wanted to do, or she'll allow you Maybe to twice. Do twice yeah and then and you're just sick of each other and you there's like no you see them and like the your dick doesn't wake up she gets no wetness there's nothing left and uh and very few people have the capability to get past that harry did that very elegantly (laughs) you you were sincere there dean and then harry still brought it back to sex yeah Yeah, but it's still it's like a best best case scenario 10 years like your partner is a shitty friend because a good friend is the same gender as you. They actually relate and deeply understand. So this other person, this uh, other Harry wants to be gay. Uh, I no. think he is. <laughs> we're, we're doing uh, here, like the conversation we're having here. You've never had this kind of conversation with a woman. Add one woman here, and and it will go in a com- and and Harry, we'll, we'll all be being extra nice. You know what you should try doing one time is not think of a woman as a sex object and try no, to be friends with her. <laughs> it's not It's not that I'd think of them as sex objects. It's that they're on different planes. They're in different... They're not. I've had lo- many, many women friends. Yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> I said to Harry's like, that's not real. It doesn't exist. I, I, th- I would say you're, you're deluded at some level. I don't think so. But I'm, I'm with Dean on this one because I, I said this on the podcast uh, last week when we, when we did the deep dive. Um... I, I had a very similar experiences with with partners that I used to be together with where I, I was I was with my best friend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would say that, but it's a companionship around more around your emotional issues that you won't share with other guys. So it's like you'll show vulnerability, you'll care for each other, 
But it, it is a... It, it, but yeah. I don't want to show to other guys that when I come, I cry. So, <laughs> I, can, I mean, I mean, feel free right now. I'll, I'll, I'll watch you come and then let you cry. But that's kind of like old-fashioned to- toxic masculinity. No, it's not any toxic masculinity. I think so because like these days I try and only kind of be friends who are around friends who are supportive. Like I have dude friends who we discuss really deep emotional relationship issues, stuff like that. Well, okay, I, I'll, I'll throw a spanner in the works. I think the best, in general, like at this point in my life, is like. The thing I've realized is if you want to grow as a person, seek out the people you like the least. They will teach you the most about yourself. That sounds fucked up. I know this it is. This is Harry's like whole marriage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll marry the worst I person. Wanna, I don't want to get married to someone like that. But the thing is, like, like usually when there's someone, you know, you get those people where you just like um, immediate dislike on both sides. Yeah. Like, I would have grown a bunch from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, those. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> bitch, please. Like, Harry, can you bring out the whiskey at this point? Like, seriously. I have no whiskey right now. So, no, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is like, like that immediate dislike of someone, it's a lot of it is about your response. Like, there's something that you haven't dealt with in yourself. That means you can't be chill with that person. I mean, as comedians, we're pretty flexible in terms of tolerating bullshit when it comes down to it. I would say we're some of the most open-minded people as as in regard to issues. But we're getting off track of the topic of love here. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me <laughs> let me throw this in a different direction. Okay, so first question is, how many times would you say you've been in love in your life? Let's start with Dean, because he hasn't... I, Harry, there's different kinds of love. Are we talking like my ideal, idealized form of relationship that I've projected onto someone? Well, there's what you've got right now, because you've become a more mature, complex person. But in your life, how many times would you have said, I'm in love? Like, even well, if you go back to it's like... It's always retrospective, what it really is. No? So in the moment, you definitely feel like you're in love. I mean, the first girl I ever fell in love with, looking back, it was just absolute smitten puppy love, nothing real at all. It's just selfish, projected ideas into someone else. Although maybe that was as good as it gets. No, because then it's like I've had one where it's an unrequited love, where you have devotion for someone and none of it's returned. Those are always really fun. Shout out to you. I can can relate. That fucking bitch. <laughs> she wasn't a bitch. She was just a narcissist. <laughs> mm. uh, That's kind of unrequited. She actually love might right listen there. to this. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'll tell it to her face. <laughs> you never love me. <laughs> you don't even know how to feel love. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Thanks Go for stand the in a mirror and look at how <laughs> That's amazing what she you did. are. <laughs> exactly. No, but then like um, I found a relationship once. So like the, yeah, the best one I've ever had. Where it was like a give and take love. It was a pure form of it. And after we broke up, it still maintained that similar level of love. So you gave and she took. Is that? <laughs> I mean, in certain wow. circumstances. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm a giver. <laughs> no, but like it's someone that I only wish and hope for happiness in their life, and I would support them no matter what. You know, and I feel like that's the purest form of love. You know, yeah, okay, we have a conversation the other day. I'm like, so you're getting good dick? You're getting your good orgasms? Good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. that's like yeah. Being able to wish well, um, like to, to have honest 
feelings yeah. of like I want you to be happy. Yeah, that is pretty pure. Yeah, it's a kind of a selfless kind of love. Yeah, which I think is the best version, maybe. But then also like a platonic kind of love, like uh, with Miriam and I. She's my best friend, absolute best friend. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, and uh, yeah, we support each other and got each other's back. That's amazing. Which is great. I wish everyone had something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Harry's like, oh, fuck. I had a thought, <laughs> but, it, but it, it, it vanished in that time. But period. can you put your dick in them? <laughs> no. But th th this is the, the conversation that I had with, with my buddy um, that I used to live together with for many, many years. So when, um, when my buddy Dara and I, we, we moved in together, um, I didn't know the guy, but we have spent seven years living in the same house, and there is something uh, of a friendship that developed out of this, which is incredibly deep, incredibly incredibly intimate, and we were just in this beautiful situation where we were able to outsource sex to other people. So he he and I we we know each other as friends. We have we have a very deep understanding of each other. Um, but we like to fuck other people, and that's that's awesome. <laughs> so, and then yeah. and then share the blow by blow details. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that did happen. <laughs> blow by blow, <laughs> literally like a, a slow mo onto the face. So. To yeah. go back to your question, <laughs> Harry, um, eight times. Eight times. Oh, you I counted. just I counted before. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Too many. And what you could argue, yes, uh, but. Um, I'm pretty confident that every single time that happened, I was honestly smitten and in love. Um, where I go, like, no, th this is the this is the person that I want to be with. And then that might have changed <laughs> over time. And then you masturbated, and you were like, no, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually fine. It, yeah, it wasn't just horniness. It was de it was definitely horniness at the beginning, <laughs> in, in my teens and, and yeah. something. But um, later on, the the, the yeah, um, you just you're just fascinated. Like I had a huge fascination with with uh, w w with uh, these people, and and they were all incredibly generous as well. Like there there was there was one, you know, the, the, the one that slips through the the cracks or whatever. The one that got away. The one that got away, and they, it was super funny because that person and I uh, we fell in love with each other at different times. Oh, that was super fucked up. So, um, I was super into them at around the age of sixteen, maybe, and I thought, like, wow, this is this is it. This is fucking amazing, beautiful but person. But then you thought she's only twelve, so I better stop that. No, no, she's she's older than me. Oh. I had I have a <laughs> constant track record on this one. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> he likes all the ladies. ladies. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, so you're gonna kill it strongly one day. Yeah. Three, <laughs> okay, three four years uh, older than me. We need better equipment. Come on, Christian, <laughs> <laughs> get in there. <laughs> so now we have a guinea pig. So uh, that's what I call but, my vagina. But so you did you actually make a move on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they lived, was like, they yeah, lived in the states, and I lived in Switzerland. So it was. Oh, it was a remote move. Uh, yeah, we met in Germany. Um, and uh, it was kind of like one of, those, one, one of those summer, uh, summer loves, you know, like you're on holiday and uh, everything is fucking awesome. And I, I was completely smitten and um, maybe for two years, for two years straight. 
and she wouldn't have any of it. We we were in touch a lot, and <laughs> it, it was um, you know, there was a time when webcams didn't work the way that they work now, like <laughs> uh, real time <laughs> <laughs> or so, at all, basically. So you would have a camera going, but it would be a super flaky picture, and you would use yeah. MSN chat at the same time. Oh. Because oh, there was no voice. Oh, sexy time. This, um, is why, this is why Christian can type with his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the guy in Tomorrow Never Dies that holds a keyboard in one hand and types with the other. So uh no, it wasn't it wasn't sexy at all. But we would we would talk a lot like uh online and stuff. Um and then um time passes and I get married and uh <laughs> Oh no, he's taken and that and that was the moment where she wanted. Well, she was oh. already engaged and told me. Uh, Forbidden I, fruit. She told me when she was engaged. <laughs> they. Uh, she fell in love with me a couple of years after I did. Too late, lady. And I'm like, fuck late. me, dead. You this missed is out bullshit. on one of the sexiest motherfuckers out there. I know you're listening. She's so a beautiful, beautiful woman, but tough like, shit. <laughs> Tip to all the ladies, suck that dick when you have the opportunity. Don't wait. <laughs> get in there early. Don't yeah, no tire kickers. Let's get let's get don't, banging. Don't wait until you never you're know they might turn into a Christian. <laughs> exactly. Don't wait until you're walking down the oh, aisle. Man. But I I mean, okay, I've lost count of the number of times I've I've fallen in love. I mean the idea it, of love. You said something funny though, Dean. Uh, just to go to go I, to the. I always do. <laughs> uh, to, to go to the fact of like um, falling in love with the idea of someone, because this is something that happened to me time and time again as well. Yeah, like in, in these in these eight times, it's not necessarily that I fell in love with the person themselves, but rather with my projection of that person of what exactly. they are supposed to be. Psychologically, Christian. That's like, fucked up. We no, we tend to fall in love with people who could fulfill the issues that we have. Yeah. Like we project, I mean, from a Freud perspective, I think he was on was like you either date your mom or your dad. Yeah. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and to me, actually what you're just saying there, Christian, is that like nowadays to me, I get that very rarely. But if I catch myself making some kind of fantasy about some lady when she's not around. That's when I take a good close look at myself, because that's usually fascinating. That's usually a sign of impending bullshit. Yeah, like like like, and that it never goes <laughs> well. How Harry describes love. <laughs> no impending bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> no, because because it's it means you've started projecting something onto someone that they're not. So you're no longer living in the moment. You're living with some idealized version of them, which which always leads to a fuck up. In my experience, in in my experience too, and and which makes it super crazy because at the moment you're so engaged with the whole idea that you're in love with that person, right? This is my experience yeah, is this: yeah. so you are fully smitten. You go like, "All right, I, I I love this person. I have to do everything for them." But and and then you you get together with them, and your dreams and hopes are like crushed <laughs> within. <laughs> Because it's not real. The no, illusion it's that not you real. Have there, there. There's nothing of substance. To me, to me, one of the uh, if we're looking at if we're looking back at past relationships or loves or stuff like this, here's one amazing thing about how your memory works: is that the ones that got away are the ones I remember. 
the relationships I had, they always like the memory is like how it turned to shit at the end. Like the really, what, what could have been? Yeah, do, 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 you you, you don't know. have the capacity to enjoy the nice moments in your memories. I, I can. I mean, it's like some brunches that I was forced to go to. Fuck me, dead. You know, like some walks in the park that were nice, and some nice blowjobs and oral sex. So, you know, but fundamentally, it's just like. It's it's like there's this lingering shitness of how it fell apart at the end. Sure. The crazy thing is, so so come with me, guys, if you agree, is like, don't you think that the ones like there is this one girl from the London Underground, and we were looking at each other for maximum ten minutes. I was with a friend. All right, let me tell the story. I'm with a friend. It's a German friend visiting me. I lived in London at the time. As a, as a student, we're on a we're on a, a tube, uh, like between stations, and we're just talking shit. And I just looked down the carriage, and there's this girl looking at me, and she is amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm shy at this time. I'm like 21 or something. And I look again. She's still staring at me. And then like we're glancing, and then we're staring at each other a lot. And and then I even say to my friend, like, this girl's really looking at me. And like, and like, I'm like, panic is coming. And then it comes to like, like the, the tube is just starting to like slow down for another stop. She gets up, stands in front of the door, looks at me and then looks at the door. And then, and then the, the tube stops, the doors open. She looks back at me one time. And then she just shrugs her shoulders and gets out. And Fuck off. And I remember every, like, I can see the image of that right now. Like, I could draw it for you. I could draw how she looked. She would, I mean, she, I mean, to me, the thing was, is she was so, my, as I remember then, she was so fucking hot. It's like the disbelief in me was like, why the fuck would you be interested in me? I was like, there was suspicion. There was everything. But I can remember, it's like slow motion. It's like it's on my phone. I could watch it in slow-mo on an <laughs> iPhone. And that, that, that experience, and I'm so glad that it didn't turn into anything because that's a memory I have with me today. If, we, if I had gone up and said something cool <laughs> and then we'd had a relationship. Would have been destroyed. And we would have yeah, ended Harry up. Harry would have fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. You wouldn't <laughs> have had a good chat. You were 21. So the thing that strikes me in this one is the bittersweetness of love sometimes. Like the, that, that is a bittersweet moment. And th there is a lot of exactly. these transient places like the tube, like an airport, persons that you might have met but just missed. Or, you know, all these kind of missed things they have a bittersweet note and that's kind of nice it, there, there is something lovely about it and there, i mean there's another one like this there's a there's a, there was this indian girl called winnie winnie if you're listening shout out <laughs> look me up man i'm on instagram yeah uh, we we oh, you know Vinny. Vinny jones winnie winnie her name was with a w uh, it's a strange name for an indian lady but we hit it off at a party we hit it off so it was really like that 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 series on netflix the one it was really like massively hitting it off dean's on tinder right now so he's checked out i'm not i'm gonna bring up a really cool interesting oh, okay, topic okay. Like sorry dean i shamed you so so and winnie we we got on amazingly it was just like and i was just at the moment where i'm like can i have your number 
uh, it was early mobile phones at that stage. And then this other chick showed up that I'd been dating and we clearly weren't a match. <laughs> Literally at the cock moment block. where I wanted to... Uh, cock block, yeah. Oh. And, she, and it was just like, oh, yeah. And and I remember Winnie's... And I was like... Uh, uh, and I started stuttering and Winnie's face started to look mm, that kind of confused and hurt look. Why is she here? Yeah, and like... And this other chick is like, hi, Harry, how are you doing? And I... And like... And I, I didn't want to, like, make it awkward for this other girl. Like, shut the fuck up. I've got to ask this one for a number. And it was just... And then... We're done. And then I never saw her again. It was it was brutal. She probably had an arranged marriage and has 10 children. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. But whatever. It would have been a beautiful thing. Yeah. Do you guys know about the five love languages? Yes. I read the book. You read the book? Yeah. <laughs> the book of love? Actually, I don't know. No, it's so a book of me. five love languages. <laughs> yeah, there's five different types of love, apparently, that we all tend to do more than the others. Uh, so the five are the words of affirmation, uh, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. It's not how you present love and also how you feel when you receive those things is that your love language. So you feel love. That, but that's interesting because, mm, you know, like, my epiphany at this age is that love, in the end, is when you feel great about yourself. It's purely internally generated feelings. You happen to have projected it on someone else, but if you were super smart, you would feel like you're in love every day without there needing to be another person because your body, your mind produced all that greatness it just happened that you needed another person. There, there is, uh, in this book, um, the five love languages and the way that they're described, these acts that are shown here, um, that's basically what you would expect from someone if you were on a team doing sports. So, this okay. bear with me on this one. But like it, team bonding things? Or well, not quite. Uh, it, it, it's... An orgy. It's it's basically um, it's it's how you create trust um, and dependency at the same time. So you know that you can only succeed as a team, but if you're part of that team, if you're truly part of that team, it makes you feel great because yeah, yeah. you're it's 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 tribalism, right? And um, a, a couple is the smallest unit uh, of of a of a team, if you will. And these sort of affirmations or, or or the touch or the gifts or whatever they make you feel part of that team yeah. and if you're whatever love language that you speak um in terms of receiving or giving and they might not be the same ones and this yeah. is where it becomes super fucking awkward um it makes you feel like you're part of something and that gives you this this boost um, uh, what you described as I've I've heard you're comfortable with it. I've heard similar that if you on a on a first date with someone, if you get to childhood experiences and sharing childhood experiences, you feel like you've made a deep connection with someone, and it's purely a trick. It's purely like <laughs> oh yeah, Harry's learned this. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, like, Are you gonna talk about necking any second now? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. I don't. You don't like abuse? No, it's it, it's simply the it's simply the fact that that you got to that conversation 
is that you've reached a level of intimacy and innocence, which means you're now fully open to the other oh, person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, yeah, I remember when the <laughs> first time I Can could... Can we have sex now? <laughs> I, could swing, <laughs> I could swing without my parents pushing me. And, and by the way, I'm a swinger. So... <laughs> It's like you want to swing. Hooliger Dachshin, um, the car the cartoonist that I love, he he's got a great picture of uh, a couple having like a, a candlelight dinner, and uh, she's like babbling away about something, and his speech bubble just says, "When is sex? <laughs> <laughs> Check, please." <laughs> but here, I mean, exactly. So here's the thing I got on that. Yeah, I got you know like like how computer viruses work. Like if you have a laptop. Oh, hell. I think the whole thing that you have as a teen or in your early 20s about sex and how crazy you get about the opposite sex, the metaphor is it's like a computer virus took over your laptop. You downloaded some shit. It's basically nature installed the virus on you and now you're horny as fuck and you got a root and you got to like meet someone and you're just like, you're. Because the reason why I say that is that I remember, at, like, up to the age of 10, I was not interested in girls really at all. Were you more boys, Harry? No, I wasn't interested. <laughs> I'm watching you, buddy. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't interested in sex. There were, there were some incidents. I had a little collection of page three, the sons under my bed. Really? Yeah, because it was this building that I lived in. There was someone who would stack their 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 copies of the sun i don't mean that i mean only at 10 i'd been doing that collection at the age of six or seven my mom. there we go okay can we talk about self-love now <laughs> harry's getting straight through his masturbatory are you getting, section are you, getting, are you feeling awkward anyway. right <laughs> no I, I i like it because you're at, at right, least hit me with the self-love so okay so do when you, does it start you, wanking here you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> How often do you love yourself? Uh. That's the question. No, okay, so there's this thing. Okay, guys, like you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Harry's doing it because he feels insecure about it. That's why you no. do that voice. All it's right. true, Harry. Can have, you have love you loved- another person without truly loving yourself? I think, okay, so the whole concept of loving yourself, like it, it produces a gut feeling of annoyance. I think it's for you maybe because I I think it's one of these modern day bullshits that got invented by memes on the internet. Self respect, self care. You can categorize it any way you want. Those are different things. They're not all part of self love. Self love is is mixing in this bullshit thing, love, which is a product that we've been. But sold. I mean, we can't exactly define it anyway. So self love, a narcissist is a truly f- a real form of self love, self gratification. So, but I'm saying yeah. like, w- let's say we define self love as self care, self respect, mm. self esteem. We kind of include those things into it. If if you have those things sorted out, can you actually support someone else as a proper human being? I think an idea of romantic love. I think. I mean, I think there's certainly a basis for that. There's an interest. That sounded really smart right there. there there's, <laughs> there's, well there's done. A, there's an interesting. <laughs> thing i read years and years ago was just basically like where you are in your kind of uh like realization of yourself or becoming mature defines the type of people you meet so if you're fucked up and you've got issues 
you'll seek out someone who's fucked up and got issues. And Very good at projecting. Her. You'll connect on the fact that you both have issues and because you'll feel very safe with them because you'll say like... Similarity makes comfort. Yeah, like I got abused by a priest at four and she'll be like, oh, I got abused by this, my teacher. And then you'll feel a bonding because you can share stuff with them that you can't share with other people. I had a date with an addict the other day. That's fine, we can leave this one in. Because we will... <laughs> I got a point. You had a date with an addict. I had a date with an addict the other day, and I was like, oh my God, this person's amazing. Because you could share all the, the deep insights, and people yeah. can understand you. And that forms, because you're sharing intimate things with them you wouldn't share with other people, that brings you very close to that person. And so then you go like, am I in love? Don't fucking do it, basically. It's a mess, because you're two destructive people, and you'll end up in a destructive situation. Codependency as well. Actually, no, that's another interesting thing. But I think, uh, yeah, but back to the question, Harry, what do you think? About what? The self-love thing. So certainly you've got to n- learn to look after yourself. Like you can't, this game, I mean, I'm at a point where I, f- I feel short-term response to the wine that I'm drinking right now. Like, so if I abuse myself a lot, I'm, I can't function anymore. And, and so you got to look after yourself and you got to- Real quick, Harry, where do you think that this level of self-esteem, self-care, self-respect, blah, 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 the self-love thing, where do you think it comes from? Like, where do you think we start to establish that? Is it a childhood thing or is it the way people treat you? Where Where is that? I think it, Christian I, as well. Where, I don't know. Well, where. for me, it began once hangovers started to take two days. <laughs> like, like it used to be when you're young, you get over a hangover in half a day. Then it goes to one day, then it goes to two days. And then you start, like around about 30, you start to realize, shit, my body's not an infinite resource. And you, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, I actually need to look after this thing. And past 40, you have to do a lot of looking after this thing. And, and yeah, and so that to me, with all of these terms, there's like truth in there and bullshit. But I don't have like a little chapel to myself that I worship myself because it's self-love. Like, like saying you, so you don't have an Instagram account? I do. Oh, have, oh, 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 wow. Well, got yeah, him. Yeah, yes, but the... Re- I post videos of themselves mostly. <laughs> a Dean? Uh, but you do Harry? it as stories that vanish. <laughs> Your Dean is like these fucking videos that zoom in and out of his face the whole time. Artists. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm a zoomer. I zoom in and out. That's what zooming means. But, but <clears throat> okay, do we want to go on the Instagram account? No. Or do what, I need to um, justify that? Wait. D- I did so it purely what, what, for the comedy. What, what, I find, what I find fascinating, the way that you just described this um, self-awareness in a way, is it came with a hangover. What, what I absolutely despise is uh, people that, <laughs> this, this is going to be horrible, people that grew up without ever doubting themselves. That You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, born into privilege. No insecurity. No insecurities whatsoever. They always a fucking superstar. To figure it out. Exactly. And, and never a worry in their life because if they fuck up, dad has a couple of millions in the bank and they will have a job. So uh, basically, all of Zurich. Um, you, you, have, you have uh, you have this, th- and this is an interesting kind of way of seeing yourself as well. Like there, there is never 
there is never any doubt about anything. You're very content with everything that's happening around you. Um, that to me is fucking fascinating. I've never experienced that. I, I, I went through this whole fucking, um, who am I, uh, blah, blah, blah. Life is it's just like a series of tragedies in, in a way, like yeah. mentally, you know? Yeah. And, and then you start figuring out who you are and, um, well, it, also 30 kicks in and the hangovers get longer. But it, it kind of, the, the, there, there is more to that. There is more to actually understanding who you are, um, uh, and and it's super confusing because you you can you don't know how to rely on yourself as well. You kind of establish that connection with yourself first. But it, I mean, to me, this, I mean, that's a really interesting one. So so like at one level, like this is grumpy old man theory. But what's wonderful about life, or, or this notion of hell, heaven and hell, we unless you get killed in a car crash at twenty two. We all experience hell in this lifetime. And most people, like I would guess 99% of people don't make it past 30 before they have a major crisis. Because something like the the game is rigged against you. Someone's going to die. Even if you're in perfect health and everything's going good for you, like your mom dies, your dad dies, someone that really mattered to you dies, like, you're and eventually you die so we all get confronted with our bullshit at some point to me the interesting part is what you're saying is you got confronted with your bullshit early and i i think about this a lot because you know having broken up and I, my kids live with me i've seen both of them and i've had this conversation with my daughter and it's like i've, I've said to her hey you're dealing with shit i'm I, I feel sorry for you that you have to deal with it so young on the other hand, I th- I think and I hope that the stuff you're dealing with will make you will make you better able to deal with life than people that wake up to the shit at stronger 30. person. Because it, it's like being on a roller coaster or a fairgrounds. It's like there's a there's a period in your life where you think everything's great. Yeah, it's a fairground. Yeah, the music, and then suddenly like cotton candy all day long. And then suddenly like your roller coaster crashes, and now you're like. And in the, I'm not sure what the what the best age is for that. It's going to happen to all of us. I think 30 is a point where when you get confronted with brutal reality at 30 and you never had it, you've got zero tools to handle it. What do you think, Dean? Um, yeah, it was kind of the whole basis of that question is self-love because I don't feel like I've ever had self-love. And I don't know what the constructed idea of it is you know because especially with mental illness later on in life like the mm-hmm. the self-esteem it all came from somewhere there was this voice that kind of shocked me the i'm sure we all had it and we all experienced it where that voice goes oh you're not good enough you're a piece oh, of yeah. shit you know that one got really fucking loud and started like controlling a lot of my actions you know and i was always like oh, you know you start to kind of fall for it and believe it and I didn't like. I was trying to even like establish where the biological root of that is. Like, is your is our brain set up to malfunction for survival somehow? Like, where does that come from? So that's really interesting. I've I've seen stuff or scientific research that says depression is an evolutionary function. It's like uh, there's a reason for depression, and maybe now I'm gonna maybe piss you off by saying this. Maybe those voices stop when you stop doing whatever it is that is triggering those voices. 
So when you start self-loving or whatever you want to call it, when you start doing things in your life where you look back at the end of the day and say, I did a good, I did good shit today. I did, I, I. Seven wanks. Yeah. I cut it down from 14 to seven. I went for a walk. I, I, I don't know, I gave money to a beggar or whatever shit you do that makes you feel, I hugged a tree, I, I licked a vagina, I don't know, whatever it but is. But it's like linked to the, the reward system, you know, like where as hunter-survivors, we're rewarded with these like little successes, right? And your brain gives you a dopamine, serotonin spike, connection to other people. It's all like a chemical reaction, right? So maybe your environment removes those things, much as like in the modern world, especially this, these times, yeah. it's removed a lot of those things. And therefore your brain starts to lack in these, these chemicals, and therefore, a reaction of it is, is, is uh, quite a bad mental illness exactly. reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, we need to produce this chemical to force this system to actually do the good stuff. Yeah. To go. So like, then, technically, I mean, yeah, it's we're like going the scientific system. asshole view, like connection to other people, the idea of self love, all of these loves is just a chemical. Uh, you know, imbalance or uh, reward system for spreading your genetic coding. But but the thing is, like, I'm still I still hate the term self love because I mean, love by definition it sounds like going to a spa. It, it's it's spa Sunday They've for the soul. You. It's another one that sold yeah. you. This is why you're not yeah. reacting to it yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. self love is a thing written on spa I, and vouchers. I've, I've just heard too too many douchebags with sounding overconfident going well you have to learn to love yourself and then things will get about it go fuck yourself go have some real suffering and get over that shit and then come back like just because you felt a little bit shitty one day and now you discovered this term self-love on instagram but maybe maybe it's a metaphor for life itself like i was saying earlier you you look at love in retrospect right despite the chemical feelings you get then maybe at the end of your life when you're facing death that's when you kind of look back and you go, oh, I've really loved or I've really felt this. And, you know, life is kind of put into that perspective. And that's I why mentioned, I mentioned this before. There is a, there's a song uh, by Peter Fox. He's uh, a German singer, um, hip-hop kind of writer. And he wrote a song. That, uh, it's called House at the Lake. And he's basically um, going through, the, the lyrics are um, starting off as him as a young lad and he goes and conquers the world and uh, goes through stresses, finds gold, goes home, buys this house. And um, uh, the, the chorus basically says, I'm sitting at the house on the lake and I'm, I'm happy with the life that I've had. So um, this is a rough translation of what he's saying. But basically it gives you this idea of all of this is retrospect anyway like the way that you appreciate the love that you had yeah it's mostly appreciated in retrospect it's and usually you're actually not that capable of accepting it when it's happening to exactly. you exactly um it's something that you look back on and you go like no that these were good times and uh, the way that yeah. th the song closes out is um I'm nearly blind uh, there is all uh, uh, all my grandchildren are playing cricket in the garden and uh it kind of it, it kind of finishes off in this it was a good life it, it, this this kind of um feeling it's very bittersweet again it, it, it it's you know that it's finite this is going to finish but through all the hardships through all the fucking craziness there is moments of love 
that he himself experiences at that moment when he sits with people that he wants to sit with, Maybe. which in that case was his family. Yeah, enlightened moment. Thank you, Christian. Maybe love is what we experience and project and feel in the current moments. And that's yeah. how you define it. But the, there's more to it than this. Thanks so. for just brushing over my fucking no, pure I, wisdom, Harry. God damn it. I think, I think you have a point, but there's something deeper there. That's how I was reacting to it. Is, is one thing, and this is, this is something where I think we cause ourselves a lot of suffering in this day and age, too, that we celebrate narcissism. One of the things like, why do I feel such a strong connection to my kids? Because I'm willing to sacrifice for them. I will do things for those kids that I would never tolerate from a woman in my life. Like, I, sure. Like, and, and, but in the old days, like, and you talk about old, old school marriage, people made those sacrifices. Uh, you know, like men, men went into a marriage with some notion, if there's a war, I will die for my family. And the, and the, the woman was like, I, I will do hundreds of hours of laundry for this family. It's like, which is also <laughs> fucking miserable. That's war in itself, I find. Yeah, but, but, but so sacrifice is the first thing. Nobody wants to fucking sacrifice anymore. And number two is devotion. So this term of devotion has a religious context or you devote yourself to someone. But we, we're all so fucking cynical and we have so many inputs that the idea of ever devoting yourself to anything except maybe a job because corporations love when they devote. They love devoted staff devotion. members. The only Which is super weird, by the way, but go on. Yeah, because you know, devotion, devoted staff members don't need pay rises. They're just ah, devoted. there we go. I guess, I guess, what you're saying, Harry, is that like, if you don't find a version of love in your life, then someone will sell it to you or give it to you, tell you what it is. This is yeah, why. This is why I worship at the altar of the vagina. <laughs> but, it, but it's a great, great slippery oh. altar. But Russell if, Brand, if you look at our definition of what freedom is, the moment. Have you ever had that moment where you felt like some lady was too interested in you? We have a whole vocabulary around stalker, obsessive, creepy. And it's like this person could just be devoted to you, but you shut them down <laughs> immediately. It's like the Messiah complex in Jerusalem. Yeah. 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 And even the interesting thing is that word codependence. If you check out codependence on Google Trends, this is a word, and, and the reason I realize this is like, why is everyone throwing out codependence? This is a word we've only seriously talked about a lot on the internet. It trended in the last three years. For real? And it's actually, it, it's been around for a long time, but it became mainstream in the last three years. And in a way, it's a way to say relationships are shit. Because codependence is part of a relationship. Sorry. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. Any relationship you have with someone, you become codependent. You have a at codependent. some level, it becomes toxic. When when you're but when you're a child but and that, you live in a family, you're codependent with your family. Of course, but, but that means Dean, you've absorbed the key message: relationships are toxic, people. No, but there's a difference between when you're independent with someone else, you have a codependency in terms of maybe financial or or physical mm. emotion or whatever. I'm just but at some point, it becomes. Uh, an addiction part as well where um, like if this person's missing you can't function all those people that were married for life or had a 10-year relationship were fucking codependent and it's not a good thing and i will fight people yes but that is the whole point of a relationship 
That's the no, point. No, maybe that's why it and fails all the time. It's some fucking. This is why marriages don't work. It's some look, look, personal talk. My 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 father fell apart when my mom left because he couldn't handle anything himself because she had done so much of the yeah. admin and organization. And for that, these are when these stories start with like he didn't know how to fry an egg. Yeah, that he didn't know like she did yeah. the financial exactly. Part, so. And so what you're going into this with is like, oh, don't get that close to someone because you become codependent. Sorry, but that's some. Co- oh, maintain your own personal identity, your own independence in a way but then this you are allowed to open up your other parts that they can fill this is this is don draper shit right here some fucking corporate marketing cunt figured out that if you can sell codependency you can force people to stay single and buy more toasters well this is also you, religion the, as well. the key thing of this is toast account is like fucking out move the fuck away from your parents buy a toaster Move in with someone, shared toaster. That's bad news for, for capitalism, guys. We need people living alone, miserable lives. You can sell them, like, fucking drugs. You can sell them fucking everything when you're lonely and miserable. No, I think it's more connected to, like, a, a throwaway culture. Capitalism itself, like, today, we don't value or work on anything because why? It's replaceable almost immediately. A better lover is one right swipe away on Tinder. A toaster breaks. Why fucking fix it? I can just go buy another one for half the price. Get it shipped to my door. Okay. Nothing in this life is worth working on because it's so easily replaced. So let me ask you the question: What's the difference between codependency and devotion? There's a very fine line. So tell me where it is. I'll tell you this. I think when codependency, let's go extreme with it. Let's look at an addict, uh, addicts who are in a codependent relationship. They've attached their form of love to, for example, heroin. It's quite common in heroin yep. addicts, right? So a couple who both do heroin will be very addicted to heroin and they f- use each other to find that source of love, which is unhealthy and destructive for them. And But that's what their relationship's based on, right? I don't know much about this. Obviously. Okay, so then what is devotion? Devotion could be, uh, it's quite a broad term, Harry. I'm like, you know, for example, I've devoted to the idea of something. It could be physical or personal or love or... You know, an De- act for myself or anything. I think devotion isn't devotion the point where you are starting to negate yourself in favor of something bigger than yourself. I guess let's put it this way. If you're devoted, it's a selfless act of yeah. giving without destroying oneself. No, without a- a- expecting anything in return. But that's also kind of bordering on the narcissist thing because yeah. I think deep down we all do Right. When I give, like I, when I, like I, the, I saw a homeless lady the other day and I had, I just bought some stuff. I was like, hey, darling, are you hungry? Uh, she was like, yeah, what do you have? And I was like, oh, I got some, some cake here, right? Uh, you know, if, if she had accepted it, she didn't, which in my own mind was rejection. I was like, fucking, oh, fine then, you know, go hungry. But if I had given it to her, I'm sure at the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, I did a good deed today. Yep. Yeah, oh, exactly. Exactly. You should me. have made, a, made it, exactly. make a video out of that, put it on put YouTube. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> when nobody's watching, but you're watching. You exactly. Know? You're yeah. the one going, I'm, I'm a good person. It that gives you that wow, little wow, star wow. On, on, yeah. on your little score exactly. sheet. Exactly. You feel good. It's yeah. like, a, they're like, uh, once again, Russell Brand said, you know, homeless people are like an ATM for good karma. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up with my grandmother. She always used to say, never let the left hand know what the right hand is doing, which was the quote for like, if you give to charity, never talk Shut about it. Shut the fuck up about it. Exactly. And, and we are such a, 
like honestly i think in this era we're in we're such a bunch of like egocentric narcissistic but that's human behavior as well so i guess the real form of love is then an act of selfless giving for somebody else and this is, this, is what, it, this is exactly what brings me back to our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about the Lord Savior Jesus Christ who sacrificed his son on a nailed plank? He, g- <laughs> he gave <laughs> his only begotten son. Ah, oh, fuck me, Ted. Um, I, mean, I mean, after spending lockdown with my son, I'm, I'm ready for him to be nailed <laughs> on the cross. Sacrifice him. <laughs> Yesterday I get Maybe home. that's what happened up in heaven. Jesus became an annoying asshole, teenager and stuff. Fucking right, and then and God was like, "Don't don't give Harry a God complex." (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like, like so after the drama yesterday was first of April. After the drama with my daughter, I finally get home. My son is like, like in some conversation with one of his bros, going bruh bruh, and they go bruh, and this fucking shit. The whole flat smells of his fucking teenage boy sweat. Like, oh no, it, it is gross. How like. They're, and they're f- so f- he's full of hormones. You didn't introduce him to Lynx yet. I've done all of that shit, but today, like, and normally I can, like, if I'd been here, I would have told him to shower earlier. Like, I had to fucking air the flat all night to get that smell out. So uh, I would be well up for him being crucified. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> what we are what we are boiling it down to: self love is have a shower every day. Yeah, shower every now and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, give more to other people. Show love to someone you, you wouldn't give love to. Or show love to everyone, I guess. I don't know. That's what I try. Just don't touch me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, uh, any any announcements before we go out? Yeah, write in uh, at the XYZ uh, podcast at gmail.com. I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Write us a message. Tell us what you think of love is or don't. I don't actually care. Nobody writes in. Fuck you for not. <laughs> no, we're kidding. We love you. Please don't leave us. <laughs> <laughs> and on our uh, website, the XYZ pod, uh, you find all our channels, Instagram, uh, Facey, and uh, you can write us in on the email as uh, Dean Chassette. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have love for the xyzpod.com. That, gi- that gives me the whole feeling of a relationship. Yeah, find our link on Instagram. Uh, we'll probably do another Clubhouse episode soon, so look out for that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. We had a, we had a really good good one. Uh, you can listen to all the episodes. Can we can we talk also about that we're thinking about doing? No, let's no. talk about it when we have a date. All right. Come on, guys, you're no. fucking pulling out. I want no. us to commit to this shit. We're not I never out. pull on out. I never pull out, Harry. All right, so can I do this? We're, I mean, we're thinking want. about doing a live show in Zurich with a live audience and if you're down for that then send us go to the xyzpod.com we're gonna we're gonna do this it's gonna be a live because we've had so many great interactions with so many people through this podcast who've listened to us sharing openly and we'd love to do that in real time and i think the clubhouse thing showed us we're not fucking complete idiots we could actually somehow handle that so yes of course, it depends on lockdown. Do cool. you guys want to say uh, anything? Cause yeah. You, yeah, yeah, see yeah. you in a year's time. We love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right.